Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen. I'm going to be your host for the next hour, and uh, we've reached episode 69 of the Canadians Connection Podcast. We're, we're in Super Bowl Super Bowl 54 weekend. We're almost at 70 episodes here of the Canadians Connection Podcast, and uh, pleased to be joined in studio, as always, uh, by Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing on this fine day? I'm great, thanks. Uh, despite having to get up a bit early, and, uh, yeah, no, a little bit early. This uh, week. We're, we're we're on the air an hour earlier uh, this week uh, because of it uh, being Super Bowl weekend. Uh, the Canadians traditionally have had back to back matinees uh, Saturday, Sunday ahead of the Super Bowl, and so to accommodate that, we're uh, on the air a little bit early today. So we'll see how yeah. we'll just see how that goes. One hour earlier, but the, the exact same content that you come to expect from the Canadians Connection podcast. And I love I love Super Bowl weekend, and we're, we might dive into who we have for the Super Bowl itself. But the matinee games on the weekends, I, I've always loved watching afternoon sports, whether it's baseball, basketball, hockey, and the Montreal Canadiens don't often play in afternoon games, uh, except for you know, especially not home games. So this is this is a really nice treat. Uh, on a weekend to just uh, watch some afternoon sports. Uh, and uh, yeah, so before we get to the game against the Florida Panthers, we might talk a little bit about that in the third segment. We do want to address something just off the hop. Uh, what about an hour before we went to, we, we went to air the Montreal Canadians announced that Jesperi cut Kenyemi is going uh, down to the Laval rocket. Uh, they reassigned him to Laval and, uh, Renaud Lavoie saying that uh, it's not just for a game or two. It seems to be an indeterminate number of games that this might be going on for a little bit longer. Um, so it, it, we're going to talk about that in the second segment. So stay tuned for, for our thoughts on that. Um, now it's nice of Rick, them to, yeah. to accommodate us exactly. because we were going to talk about the youth in the second segment uh, yes. anyway, that was already on the schedule. So the Canadians playing right into uh, our show and and we, we we thank them we appreciate that yeah and with with them sending down Kale Fleury yesterday it just fits in a lot better with our conversation so yeah we do appreciate that <laughs> um, but before we get there uh, so the Montreal Canadiens let's just to recap the week that was for the Montreal Canadiens they played two games uh, coming off their bye week coming off the All Star game the All Star break for the Montreal Canadiens so. They played against the Alex Ovechkinless Capitals in their return. Uh, so they, they were on home ice and they lost that game four to two. They, they opened the scoring a minute 55 in courtesy of Jeff Petrie from Tomas Tatar. Um, but then they gave up three unanswered goals en route to a four, two loss. And yes, as I mentioned, uh, no Alexander Ovechkin in that one. Um, I know some, some fans were a little bit upset about that, but uh, decided not to go to the all-star game. And that's what happens when you decide not to go to the NHL all-star game. Uh, and then Thursday, they follow that up. They go out on the road to Buffalo, 
And uh, the Montreal Canadiens pick up a win in that one. Kovalchuk scored again. Gallagher scored in his return in his first game back. And then Carey Price stopped 20 in uh, in the win. Uh, Nick Suzuki also picking up a pair of assists in that one. So the Montreal Canadiens, after their second eight-game winless drought of the season, don't look now, but they've won five of their last seven games. Whether or not you want to put any sort of stock into that, I don't know. But dating back to January 11th at Ottawa, they have won five of seven. So I think we put it right at the beginning of the season when we said that this was going to be a roller coaster ride. And uh, as we talked about with the Asbury Cut Kanyami, there have been a lot of things that have happened throughout the course of this season that have made it a little bit more of a roller coaster ride. But these up and down results, alternating wins and losses, and these really big streaks that they go on. I mean, it's it's had everything this year, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it certainly has, and and uh, we 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 called that right. Uh, interesting though that um, five of seven, that's great. Um, and we think about this past week, uh, two of those games, uh, two games, and both came against the backup goaltenders uh, for yeah. for uh, uh, Buffalo and for Washington, and as you said, without. Uh, the Capitals, uh, but uh, with, without uh, uh, the Capitals Ovechkin, um, but five of seven. Um, quick math here says that's a seven fourteen winning percentage, and you know what? Even even that, as as good as five of seven sounds, that's below what they what they need yeah. uh, to make the playoffs. Win five of seven. Not good enough. They need to be better than that in order to make the playoffs. They're uh, looking at uh, 720, 725, maybe even 729 uh, winning percentage. The rest of the way, it can't just be in seven-game blocks, as we know, up and down. Yeah, uh, It's got to be consistently from now until the end of the season. And uh, we're, we'll look um, uh, closer at the, at the standings and what the Canadians need. But uh, just just following up on your comment there um a little a, a, a pretty good run still yeah. not quite good enough if they expect to make the playoffs and believe it or not it, it's hard to make the playoffs when you have two eight game winless streaks so that's uh they they haven't done themselves any favors and, and they've got a big hole to dig themselves out of but uh i mean it seems as though they still believe that they have somewhat of a of a chance to do it so we'll see how that goes but as you say it's it's going to be it's going to need to be near perfect hockey from here on out um, but regardless, so going forward for the Montreal Canadiens, as I mentioned, Brendan Gallagher returned to the lineup in that game against the Buffalo Sabres. It seems as though um, Jonathan Drouin is nearing a return. Uh, whether or not that falls in the, in, you know, the coming games, it's, it's really you don't want to rush someone back from an injury at this point in the season where the Montreal Canadiens are. Um, but he was practicing in a regular sweater, so... I mean, it seems as though it's it's around the corner, at least relative to, uh, you know, Paul Byron, who we haven't seen or really heard anything, much of anything about over the last little while. So at the very least, uh, it seems as though there is some sort of help on the way. We've gotten Gallagher back. We've gotten Armia back. Um, Jonathan Drouin being back. When it happens, I guess that would be a, a big add for this team as well going down the stretch. Well, certainly Gallagher uh, was uh, an immediate injection. Yes. Um, yeah. Gallagher um, had his 16th goal of the season. 
Um, he was named first star. He led the team with five shots on goal against Buffalo and uh, slipped right back into uh, that first line slot, um, bumping Ilya Kovalchuk down to the second line. Uh, but, uh, you know, Gallagher uh, didn't miss a step. Um, he says that he's he's feeling pretty good. He's back to that tinted visor um, yeah. and uh, says that he's not uh, he doesn't have any. Uh, concussion symptoms at this point. Uh, although um, we we, re- we remember earlier in the month um, of January, he came back for a game and then uh, had to take some time off. So concussions are 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 unpredictable. Um, and uh, but certainly he looked uh, great on Thursday night against the Sabers. Yeah, he did, and it was it was great to see Brendan Gallagher back in the lineup. Um, but yes, you mentioned that 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 his return bumped Ilya Kovalchuk down from that line that, you know, that he had been occupying Gallagher's spot while he had been out of the lineup. Well, even in spite of that, Ilya Kovalchuk scored again in that game against the Buffalo Sabres, making his total with the Montreal Canadiens five goals, nine points in 10 games played. So we talked last week in, in the second segment, we talked about where the Montreal Canadiens should go from here as it pertains to trading the, the trade deadline, these assets that they have, Ilya Kovalchuk, it seems game by game, is increasing his value just a little bit more with each passing game. Is it fair to say that? And do you think that this has affected where Montreal sort of goes from here with Ilya Kovalchuk? Well, it's, inter- it's certainly affected the way fans have reacted. And now yeah. fans have said, okay, uh, we like having uh, a sniper in the lineup. And, and when, when we talked about uh, what uh, uh, Mark Bergevin needed to do in the off season, it was add a sniper. Now we didn't consider that it was going to be a 36 year old um, <laughs> uh, sniper who's, you know, lost, uh, lost a stride or two. Um, but uh, you know, he's offensively, he's been great with the Canadians uh, he's worked hard. He's been enthusiastic. He's been great in the, the room. Um, but I just, again, uh, he's he's enchanted the, the fan base. Um, and I just ask uh, fans to remember that uh, when you look at this objectively, uh, it's not Ilya Kovalchuk that uh, you, you might want to see uh, long-term, uh, and that is any kind of contract uh, beyond this year, uh, the best, this 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 w- couldn't have worked out better for Mark Bergevin to then uh, turn around and flip him for assets that can be helpful to the team um, further on. Now, there's a lot of hype about Ilya Kovalchuk, and um, I noticed in the French media, they were uh, saying that uh, the last time uh, you, you mentioned that he's uh, scored five goals since being um, a Montreal Canadian. The last time a Canadian's player scored five goals in his first 10 games with the team was back in November of 2008. Mm. Um, so, and, you know, they're promoting that as a good thing, as an exciting thing, as a wonderful thing. Um, unfortunately, uh, that player was Alex Tangay. Uh <laughs> And I went on a bit of a, <laughs> I got distracted last week and uh, a bit of a tangy rant because, yes, 
in 2008, the 2008-2009 season, from October 10th, the beginning of the season, to November 1st, Alex Kangay scored five goals. Uh, he added six assists for 11 points, 11 points in 10 games. And everybody was, wow, Alex Tangay, sniper. Um, for the next um, 72 games, Alex Tangay only played 40 of those games because he had um, uh, a shoulder problem. And that that injury was pre-existing. It was a long-term injury. Everybody knew about yeah. it even when the Canadians traded for him. So he missed um, a pile of games to end the season. And he uh, just added um, 11 goals the rest of the season for the next 40 games. So, and, and that was it. That was the end. That was the end of, of that season. He moved on and to get him. Now you've forgotten since last week, um, the Canadians, (laughs) The Canadians gave up John Carlson um, as yeah. the, the pick that they were going after. John Carlson, he's the same fella um, that uh, assisted on um, Alexander Ovechkin's goal that allowed him to pass Mark Messier. Uh, and that was uh, John Carlson's 49th assist of this season. Um, so let's, let's, let's be careful when we get yeah. enchanted by a player and let's be careful by success in a very uh, small sample um, because we've, we've seen this story before. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting as we uh, head on down the road to see if maybe Ilya Kovalchuk can get flipped for something um, that I think is probably the best course of action. You, you really just don't want to sign a 36-year-old forward to a contract beyond this season. It's just I don't think that's a good idea. Um, but moving on. So, Carey Price, uh, he won the Molson Cup for the month of January. That's his third month in a row that he's won the uh, Molson Cup. Um, but, I mean, the larger concern here, and it's great that he won it. Fantastic. Carey Price is, is, you know, the franchise player. But when you talk about the workload that he has had to manage this season, the Montreal Canadiens have played 52 games. Carey Price has started 42 of them. That's first amongst NHL goaltenders in starts. So after the, uh, let's be frank about this, after the Keith Kincaid signing did not work out at all in, uh, for what Montreal was hoping Keith Kincaid would provide, which was some valuable rest for Carey Price, the franchise has not, the organization has not been able to provide that rest for their franchise player. And, and I think that has, has got to be a major concern going forward. It is. And, and, you know, if, if, uh, according to some people, um, Carey Price is not having a very good season, <laughs> according to some, <laughs> according to some, yeah. um, yes. In, in, and, and, and yes, what, whether whether the Molson Cup means anything or not, we've talked before how difficult it is for Carey Price to be named a star uh, at home. He gets it more often uh, on the road than he does at home, but has won the Molson Cup for the third month in a row. That means that Brendan Gallagher, the aforementioned Brendan Gallagher, won the Molson Cup in October, and since then it's been all Carey Price. Um, now, you know, um, does that mean anything? Well, if you look at January, um, Carey Price had a 
a goals against of, of uh, 209 um, and a save percentage of 934. Uh, it's pretty darn good. Um, yeah. Five games um, of two goals or less. Uh, that 10 games uh, that he played in the month of January. So uh, a goals against of, of 209, 934 and the save percentage about uh, as good as you want your goaltender to play. And yet his record in January was five, four and one. Um, so that's suggesting that there are big problems with Montreal Canadiens, not so big problems with Carey Price. He's, he's been fine. Um, and actually played quite well. Um, as you said, 42 starts, most in the in the NHL. Uh, time on ice, his minutes first in the NHL. Yeah. Um, shots that he's faced, he's second, but only by one uh, to Connor Hellebuck in, in Winnipeg. He's second in saves in the league. Um, his goalie point share, that's a number of points um, added to the team's total, um, attributed solely to the goalie at seven and a half. Um, don't ask me how that's calculated right now. We'll get into that another time, but that's third <laughs> in the third in the league. Um, yeah. And Carey Price has uh, 21 wins on the season. Um, how many months, how many wins by the Montreal Canadiens? Uh, 23. So yeah. that's uh, Canadian. Uh, that's uh, Carey Price has 21 of 23 of the yeah. team's wins, just two by the backup goaltenders. I couldn't find a stat on that, but I bet you that that uh, as 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 percentage of the team's wins by by a single goaltender, I bet you that's near the top of the league. Um, yeah. And that comes with the team that is. Um, allowing the fourth most high danger scoring chances um, in the league. Um, the Red Wings, Kings, um, and the Wild are worse. Uh, so Carey yeah. um, Price has, has certainly um, uh, played well, and he's certainly um, uh, carrying this team. And, um, and as you said, uh, for a team that uh, needed – uh, a decision on backup goaltending. Uh, they couldn't have made a worse decision. We said that at the time, uh, Keith Kincaid, we knew what we were going to get. We got it. Um, and, uh, and of course, Keith Kincaid uh, is in Lavelle. And, and um, last night that, that goaltending rotation that usually goes, uh, or, or the alternating goaltender scheme that had been used in Lavelle was broken with um, Primo starting last night. So, um, Carey Price, uh, despite all of the the silly criticism, is is uh, again having a, another very good season. And it's remarkable to me, and and you might have heard me when you said how many wins the Montreal Canadiens said too. But it's remarkable to me that he's been in the net for all but two of their wins. That 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 blows my mind that the Montreal Canadiens couldn't have lucked it. I know there's only been ten games that he hasn't started, but I mean think that something has to break your way at some point for you to get a, another couple of wins out of that it's just it's remarkable to me that that they've struggled the way that they have without Carey Price in the net and Price has been uh, as good as he's been uh, but we've come to expect that um and, but and moving we'll, on we'll just yeah. add we'll just add that that um uh Carey Price will start today um yes. and yeah. and even though it's a back-to-back we're 
expecting that he's going to start uh, tomorrow as well with uh, th- there's that been no be announcement on that, but Claude Julien's kind of hinted that uh, this is, this is all hands on. This is their, their push for the playoffs, realistic or not um, that, um, that he's, he's of the mindset that uh, this is the Canadians push for the playoffs. And so that only the best players will play. And um, we would expect that that would be Carey Price today and tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so moving on, uh, we have the announcement that the Laval, that Laval Rocket are going to host the AHL All-Star Game next year, which is uh, following up on a news item that we talked about a little bit last week, that there might have been something in the works with uh, former uh, Vice President of Laval Rocket, Mark Waitman. So um, I, was this it? Do you think this was what he was, was talking about with respect to the uh, AHL All-Star Game taking place in Laval? Absolutely. Um, yeah. He had, uh, <laughs> you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I have one more project to do before I go, you'll be hearing good news soon was his quote. Yeah. Uh, And we (laughs) told you it was going to be the announcement of the 2021 uh, AHL all-star classic uh, to be held in Laval. And, and uh, yes, that announcement was made this week. (laughs) Um, It's been no secret uh, to anybody uh, who's been following the team that Laval has been coveting uh, having the all-star game. Uh, Um, in Plasbell, um, they have been uh, rather disappointed, turned down the last uh, the last two years. Um, but uh, as Mark Waitman said, there was some concerns about uh, the arena requirements, uh, meeting those arena requirements. Uh, didn't specify what those were. He was also talking about logistical uh, requirements and obligations. And that um, for uh, now, finally, uh, he's worked very hard with his team uh, and they've satisfied uh, the AHL's requirements. Um, We'll see how that all turns out. Uh, There's talk of a festival attached to that. RDS has been uh, announced as the broadcaster. No announcement yet on who the English broadcaster will be. And I I expect that... uh, that was one of those logistical uh, obligations that uh, the rocket had to commit to, because as we know, uh, there is no um, English uh, broadcast uh, radio broadcast of the games that yeah. uh, um, only on 91, nine uh, other than the occasional game um, in English. But uh, so I, I expect that would have to be uh, uh, that, that has had to be dealt with and, and uh, it has. So, uh, we'll be talking about this more on uh, from the press box uh, yeah. next Tuesday, and um, uh, join us for for that podcast. That podcast with Amy Johnson, and the AHL Report team, and and uh, I expect Chris uh, G will have something to say about it as well in his Rocket Notepad that'll be out on the uh, AHL Report um, website. Absolutely, and um, so just quickly moving on, um, there was an article that came out. And it had to do with Mark Waitman as well. Um, some restructuring for the Montreal Canadiens organization and not related to the, the hockey department. Uh, not yet. Maybe that might be a thing that happens later on, but it seems as though there's been some restructuring uh, to the organization. Uh, can you speak to that at all? Yeah, I can. It's um... yeah. how, how should I put it? It's, 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 
it's maybe difficult when, when you have a corporate restructuring, um, yeah. it's, it's, um, it quickly gets into, into that kind of corporate speak yeah. that hockey fans <laughs> kind of roll their eyes and say, Oh my God, this doesn't apply to me. Um, you know, and, and the thing is it does, uh, it really does. Um, on uh, Thursday, uh, Jeff Molson met with uh, 500 or, or um, was, was uh, sent uh, information to 550 employee, employees uh, about the, the overall organization, the Group CH um, um, organization that includes the Montreal Canadiens, that yeah. includes the Laval Rocket. Um, but it also includes um, other businesses, and um, it includes uh, uh, a brand called Spectra, uh, which is a, an event management company. Um, they have events like uh, well-known events, big events like the Montreal Jazz Festival. Um, it also includes Eventco. Uh, Eventco is is uh, another uh, event management group that uh, manages concerts in the Bell Center. Uh, they manage uh, Celindion's coming up uh, later this month. That's managed by Eventco. Eventco also uh, manages off-site events, off Bell Center site events like Oceaga, Il Sonique. Those people in, in people in Montreal recognize those. So what Jeff Molson is saying is that. Um, of the the executive management, six people have have left uh, as part of this restructuring. Mark Mark Waitman, uh, who we talked about last week, um, was was one of those people. And Mark Waitman, I know that his name may not be familiar to um, many, but what um, had a, a significant role. In uh, president of the, the the rocket had our vice president of the rocket had very significant impact on um, what happened with with the rocket, including the game presentation, communications, and all of that. Um, Mark Waitwin was uh, kind of shuffled out of that position and was offered another position in the organization. Um, he declined. Uh, a very talented guy, um, former president of the Alouettes, and um, he said that he'll announce uh, his future um, sometime soon. Um, so in the restructuring, um, with people moving out, um, there were some that got additional responsibility. And with additional responsibility comes additional power. And one of those people was Paul Wilson. Uh, Paul Wilson, um, we remember uh, Paul Wilson. Um, he was he replaced uh, longtime uh, communications chief Donald Beauchamp, um, and and when that happened, uh, Molson promised a, a completely new era of transparency, and and I, I think it's fair to say that under Paul Wilson, it's been completely the opposite. Um, there's been a lot of spin coming out um, from from uh, Paul Wilson. Um, so Paul Wilson was the VP of communications for the Canadians and for Group CH. He adds, he is now the VP of communications for all the brands, uh, the Canadians, Eventco, Spectra, uh, the Rocket, Group CH, the whole everything. And major communications decisions are now being centralized under his control. 
Another person who gets a lot more power is France Margaret Boulanger. Who's France Margaret Boulanger? She's an executive VP, same level as, as Mark Bergevin in the organization. Uh, she's the executive uh, VP of commercial affairs. Um, now, executive VP of commercial affairs for all of the subsidiaries. Why is that important? Well, we remember that Boulanger was the one who botched the negotiations with Trois-Rivières. And, and the mayor of Trois-Rivières said um, th- they were getting um, uh, mixed messages. And the message from Ms. Boulanger were, was, uh, was one of the reasons that they uh, decided to ch- choose against uh, the Canadian ZPHL yeah. project. Um, but she's becoming much more powerful. So um, power is being concentrated in fewer, fewer hands. Um, the power of, of executives like Paul Wilson being in- increased uh, substantially. So what does that mean? Well, his influence with respect to the, the Canadians and the hockey clubs, the Canadians and the Rocket, is also growing. Um, and the other part of it is that when Paul Wilson has to make a decision about the Canadians, he has to consider how that decision is going to affect all the other entities in Group CH. Um, so those things, that, that really matters. Um, and, you know, we, we've, seen, we've talked before about communications decisions have trumped hockey decisions. Well, this is how it happens. This is how it happens with those people getting more power, more influence in the organization. Uh, and when, when th- decisions are being made, when things are being bandied about, the people with more power usually end up, and, and more influence in the organization usually end up with things going their way. Yeah. So I appreciate you breaking all of that down for the average hockey fan, such as myself, that is, you know, uh, unaware of all of how all of these things sort of impact the thing that we see on ice and uh, the cogs in, in the machine and how it all works. But uh, going back to, uh, to something that happened on Monday night before we go to break, uh, Dale Weiss played his 500th NHL game. And he commemorated that milestone with a goal against the Capitals. It did come in a loss, unfortunately, but uh, it was it was a really it was a cool moment for for Dale Weiss. And when I think of Dale Weiss, um, I think of the 2014 NHL playoffs. And you know he's not quite the player that he was back in 2014, 2015, and even in part 2016 as well. But those moments, the scoring that. OT winner against the Tampa Bay Lightning going up against Milan Lucic in the semifinals against the Boston Bruins in 2014. Those are things that, I mean, you talk about Milan Lucic, who he was back in 2014, like that, that was, there was no one else in the Montreal Canadiens who you thought could do that. And Dale Weiss did it. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's just great to, uh, to see that, that he, uh, he, he played in his 500th NHL game and he scored a goal in it as well. And, uh, Congratulations uh, to Dale Weiss as we head to uh, head to break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Anything you'd like to add before we go about Dale Weiss? Um, I, I I just I I respect him. Um, um, I I he's he's quite a character, and and we all yeah. remember the, the handshake <laughs> line, um, yeah, with uh, Milan Lucic. Um, but um, I I'm I'm glad that he he. I know it was important for him to have his 500th game and he had some, um, 
some uh, family and friends in the in the uh, the arena, and and so uh, great for him. Um, I just don't want to see him in the Canadiens lineup <laughs> anymore. And and listen, if if Mark Bergevin, I think there's 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 uh, players ahead of him in the priority yeah. to uh, trade ahead of the hit, the trade deadline. Uh, but if if Mark Bergevin can move Dale Weiss, and if he can get a chance to uh, contribute some way in, in, in the playoffs. Great for him. Um, yeah, but I think his, his time's kind of, it's kind of up, uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. Well, we'll take a quick break here on the Canadians connection podcast. When we come back, we're going to talk about Yasperi Kotkaniemi, Kale Fleury, the youngsters for the Montreal Canadiens and how things have sort of uh, taken a turn in terms of their development. So we'll be back after this quick break. Stay with us here on the Canadians connection podcast on rocket sports radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Um, so as we mentioned off the top of the show, Yasperi Kotkaniemi has been sent down to the Laval Rocket. The first time he's been sent down to the AHL in his career. Uh, this comes a day after Kale Fleury was sent down to the Laval Rocket after he had been scratched in the last four games. Um, so you have Yasperi Kotkaniemi who was scratched against the Sabres. Kale Fleury scratched in the last four games, and then now we're we're here. We have both of them down in Laval uh, in favor of playing veteran guys in Montreal. And with with that comes also the fact that 
Nick Suzuki against the Buffalo Sabres wasn't even taking face-offs or very rarely took them in favor of Philip Deneau, who would just take the, the face-off and scamper off to the bench. And the entire handling of Ryan Paling this year, it's warranted a conversation about how the Montreal Canadiens have handled their young guys coming into a season when we thought that the youth movement was here and that we were going to see the young players get opportunities. And it has been, it has become the opposite where young players have had opportunities taken away. And the early response to the cut Kanyemi, uh, sending him down to Laval, it's, it's been favorable. People saying that this is something that he needs. This is something that is going to benefit him in the long run. Rick, when we talked about Jesperi Kotkaniemi last year, we, we circled that it was either going to be Montreal or he was going to go back home to Finland and play. Why is sending him to the AHL, why has that become now the thing that Montreal is going to do after we go through last year when they make the decision to keep him in Montreal? Uh, in your in your view, why have they come to this decision now? Well, um, I think that um, if you check the record last year at the beginning of the season, even after the the great uh, the 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 strong um, training camp that he had, um, we pretty firmly said that Kokkinemi uh, should have been sent back to Finland. We 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 made that case strongly. Um, after ten and 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 I think. Um, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I don't think we had a problem with him playing uh, the nine games. And uh, no. then at that point said, um, no, he should go back. Uh, but the Canadians at that point, uh, remember what they had done the year before. They were desperate for a good news story. Talking about communications, talking about communications affecting hockey decisions. They were absolutely desperate for a good news story. Kakinyemi was set up with, um, fabulous line mates. Uh, certainly, uh, that was. If you look back and and go, yeah, you go back a year. It's not that far. Um, Suzuki had terrible line mates in that training camp, um, yeah. and looked pretty good. But yet he was sent back to junior. Um, and we said Kakinami should have played last season in Finland. Now, none other than um, fast forward a, a bit of a year. Um, none other than Saku Koivu came out and echoed what we had said, saying Kakinyemi should have played um, last season in Finland. Um, but having said that, once the decision was made, um, all right, then go with it. Once the decision was made to keep him uh, in Montreal, then go with it. Uh, then give him every opportunity to succeed. And And we remember that um, it was a little later in the season that, that uh, Claude Julien came out and said, um, oh, um, KK's looking a little tired. He's looking fatigued. And, you, you know, at the beginning of the season, we had said that's a possibility yeah. uh, because he hadn't played that many games. Um, and rather than uh, adjust his, his uh, playing time or during the season, all of a sudden, he got scratched, um, and 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 because he was tired, they asked Kakinyemi, "Are you feeling tired?" He said, "No, not not in the least." Um, 
Uh, and and when he came back, he wasn't the same player. After he sat out a few games, he wasn't the same player. His confidence took a big hit um, because that wasn't handled uh, really well. Now, coming into this season, um, one of the issues has been injuries um, yeah. that have has affected his play. But since he came back um, uh, from injury, um, we we've we've spoken here uh, a number of times that how good he's looked. Uh, not necessarily the points haven't been there, um, but he's looked very good. Um, yeah. And uh, particularly with Ryan Paling, there, there was uh, there, there seemed to be a bit of chemistry there. Um, and you know, uh, talk about a sophomore slump or whatever you want to talk about. He he seemed to be working through things. Um, particularly dealing with being out uh, for some time with an injury. Um, And now at this point, um, sent to the AHL for the very first time. And and you've got to ask yourself why. So let's look at the reasons that that we've been presented. Um, Claude Julien said about Kotkaniemi, said um, he's he's a good player. He will be a good player. Uh, He's going through some tough times. Um, his whole season from the injuries that he has just hasn't allowed him to kick up his game. Okay. So why not allow him to, as Claude Julian says, kick up his game. Uh, He seemed to be um, uh, doing better recently. Uh, Why not allow him to kick up his game? And, and, and as far as points, let me just see here. What are his, his points? Um, no goals and four assists. Yeah. No goals and four assists in twelve games in January. Uh, for oh, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong line. I'm really sorry. That's Max Domi mm. <laughs> in twelve games. No goals, four assists in twelve games. Um, yeah, Max Domi, mm-hmm. the RFA, come July first who's playing 17 minutes and 10 game, 10 seconds on average per game. Uh, Max Domi did nothing in January and you're dumping on a 19 year old because he's done marginally better than Max Domi and you send him to the age. And, and what's the reason? Because we are going to make the play. We're, we're, we're pushing to make the playoffs says Claude Julian. We are, um, we need to have our best players in. Um, and we, we are making a push for the playoffs. Um, is, does that include Max Domi? I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, uh, what's, what's realistic. We talked about you at, at the beginning, um, of the show, you mentioned five of seven, um, a seven fourteen uh, winning percentage. Not good enough. Not good enough at all. Uh, the Canadians have fifty three points in fifty two games. That kind of uh, sets them up for an eighty four point season. What? That's one point zero two points per game. What they need is one, almost one and a half points per game. They need forty four points or thereabouts in their next thirty. Uh, games that's a 730 win percentage do we see this team who couldn't beat the Washington Capitals 
without Alexander Ovechkin and with their playing their back goaltender, do we see them playing like the uh, the Washington Capitals for the rest of the year uh, to make the playoffs? If you look at the playoff projections, uh, whether it's the Athletic Sports Club stats, whatever it is, it's between one and four percent. It's not going to happen. It's no. just realistically, mathematically, it's not going to happen. So when you should be focusing on youth, when you should be giving uh, face-off opportunities to uh, Nick Suzuki to allow him to improve, when you should be giving opportunity to Jesperi Kotkaniemi, uh, maybe bumping him up from that 13 minutes a game, giving him more opportunity on the power play to, you know, to, to kickstart his game, as, as uh, Julian said. Um, get a goal on, on, on the power play. He's been sent to the AHL for the, the very first time. I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me as you know, I understand. I, I think I understand what's going on here, but it certainly doesn't fit with the narrative that's being, that's being sold. So, yeah, I'm, I, I agree with that. I'm going to go back to last year. Because not only did I say at the beginning of last year, as well as you, that he should be going, he should have been sent back to Finland. I also said in December that he should have went to the World Juniors. Because I thought that that would have been an experience for him that would have given him a level of confidence going forward, having gone to and played for, for his, his, his national team and the eventual winners of the uh, the world it was it was Finland last year wasn't it I believe I correct me if I'm wrong but I believe it was Finland in 2018 and or 2019 excuse me um, but regardless that experience in and of itself going and playing in the World Juniors against you know guys that are of his age group that would have been a valuable experience for him to return to Montreal after the fact and maybe give him if Claude Julien is talking about him being tired, maybe it would have given him a little bit of a kick in the pants. Maybe it would have been the thing that differentiated that, that would have dealt with that fatigue. But regardless, so they don't do that either. So now we're here in February of 2020, and the Montreal Canadiens are sending him down because he doesn't look like he's playing well, he's not dealing, he doesn't have confidence, this, that, the other. They're going to come up with all the reasons in the world. This is on them. Make no mistakes about this. This is on them. And when you look at Jesperi Kotkaniemi for this season, I understand eight points in 36 games played. But that does not do the play that he has been providing justice. And he's only been given 13 minutes of average time on ice. That is what you said that Max Domi is getting 17 minutes, 10 seconds. If you spare cut, Kanyemi gets two more minutes. If he gets 15 minutes, if he gets power play time, if he's not fighting for power play time with Nick Cousins and Jordan Wheel, who knows? He could be having a much better season than he, than he has been, at least in terms of points. He's dealt with injuries, but when he came back after that Zadorov concussion injury, he looked better than he had, had for a long time. I think he looked as the best that he ever has, period. He was playing with confidence. He was playing with conviction. And for the first time, I was like, okay, listen, it's been a long, it's been a tough year for Jesperi Kakinami so far, but I think he's going to find his footing. I think this is going to be a good end of the season for Jesperi Kakinami. And just like that, 
just a random scratch in, in Buffalo, a healthy scratch in Buffalo, and he's sent down to the AHL. And you know what? I, I, I cannot believe that they've gone down this road. And, and essentially what they've done here is because they sent down Kale Fleury, they sent down your Spurry Cut Kanyemi, and essentially what they're saying is, is that those two young guys are a big part of the reason why the Montreal Canadiens are where they are right now. And when you have a team that has had two, two eight-game winless streaks, I don't care what the numbers are for those guys, for those young guys, they're not the problem. They're not the problem. There's a larger issue here, and it goes up to Mark Bergevin. It goes to Claude Julien as a coach. There is a larger issue here. The Montreal Canadiens are not a good hockey club. We've come to, if you have two eight-game winless streaks, that's something that you should probably have figured out by now. You do not have a good hockey club. So when it's February, uh, February 1st and you realize that you don't have a good hockey club, the very least that you can do, as you said, is turn your attention to young players and give them some opportunities, for God's sakes. And last year, I thought that Claude Julien had turned a corner in that regard. I was willing, I, I was giving him compliments. I was saying, you know what, maybe after, you know, sometimes when a coach wins a championship, they get set in their ways. I think we've seen that Claude Julien is uh, willing to change or willing to give more opportunities to young guys. Well, that's thrown in the garbage now. That is nothing anymore because he is shown again and again that he is unwilling to give young guys prolonged opportunities to find their footing in the NHL. The first time that Kale Fleury did something wrong, that kid was up in the press box and Brett Kulak was out there and Victor Metz is playing on his wrong side, putting himself in vulnerable positions like he did the other night, the poor, and it's not his fault. He's, he's just being, he's just doing what he's told, but for God's sakes, it, it, it is just, I, I don't know where to go from here because you have got Jesperi Kotkaniemi, who's now played 115 games played in the NHL. And at some point you've come too far to turn around in, in terms of player development. You've come this far, see it through. You made your bed, lay in it. You decided that the best course of action for this guy was to be in Montreal last year. Stick with it. You've made that choice. You made a choice that is going to be with this guy for the rest of his career. You said that the best place for him to be was to start his career in the NHL. Sending him down to Laval right now, I I don't see the benefit. I really don't see the benefit right now. Just going back to that game um, against the Sabres, and we talked about the return of Brendan Gallagher, and, and he led the team in shots on goal with five, had 17 minutes of ice time, looked very good. Um, second in shots on goal, tied for second, um, was Ryan Paling. Had yeah. three shots on goal in the game, except his three shots on goal came in half the ice time of Brendan Gallagher. Ryan Paling, eight minutes and 33 seconds against Buffalo. Um, for a guy who's been playing pretty darn well, um, eight minutes and 33 seconds, um, is, is that, is that going to, uh, uh, you know, allow him to develop? Is that going to allow him to contribute? Um, I don't think so. And, and, in, and, you know, you talk about 
uh, Dale Weiss and, and certainly got more ice time or, or uh, Nick Cousins getting more ice time uh, because of this delusion that, that the Canadians are going to make the playoffs. Uh, this false narrative that the Canadians are going to make the playoffs. You mentioned Victor Meta, and 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 I'll stick with that that um, Sabers game again. That was a game that Kale Fleury was uh, had sat out, um, didn't play. Um, the game was one nothing. Jacko with his goal um, gave the Sabers the lead, and there was a there was a a, a play. There was a turnover by Marco Scandella. Um, which created a two-on-one. And, um, you know, none of the Canadians' defensemen have looked particularly good in two-on-one situations this year. But it was Victor Mata who was the only Canadian back. And um, as you said, he's, he's on his wrong wing, uh, wrong side and all that. But, but uh, in this situation, he couldn't have played it worse. Didn't take the shot. Didn't yeah. take the pass. It was Froelich, uh, a nice pass to Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner rang it off the crossbar. You remember that? Um, yeah. And what would a 2 nothing lead have meant to the outcome of that game? And, and did, did Meta, did he do anything differently than, than Cale Fleury would have done? Did he, did he contribute any more uh, than, 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 than Meta, or than uh, Cale Fleury? Well, you know, or, or you mentioned Brett Kulak. Um, how well's he been playing? Um, and then, but the excuse is always with Kakanyemi, with Flurry, uh, when Paling was sent uh, down. Oh, you know what? Send him down. This is the right decision. Send him. Send him down. Send him down. He's going to get big <laughs> minutes. He's going to get big minutes. He's going to get confidence. He's going to get confidence in his game. Now, everybody who says that, I guarantee you, hasn't a clue what goes on in the AHL. Doesn't have a clue. Yeah. Kale Fleury sent down for the first time this, this season. Um, and, and, again, he's been looking very good for, uh, for a rookie. Um, last night, went down to um, play uh, for Lavelle against Belleville. Um, getting big minutes, right? Well, Okay, um, he wasn't on the top pairing. Uh, Fleury was paired with Otto Leskinen on second pairing. Olofsson and Foline, you know, those prospects, uh, they were yep. uh, the top pairing um, for the Laval Rocket. Uh, now, that said, um, listen, there's no time on ice um, stats published in the AHL, uh, so we don't know what his time on ice was. Maybe, maybe got 19 minutes, 20 minutes. Uh, he had some uh, penalty kill shifts. He was certainly used as uh, uh, a quarterback on the power play. Um, how did he play? Well, uh, Joel uh, Bouchard was uh, asked after the game. Our, our uh, uh, Chris G was there. Uh, it was asked about his emotions and his performance and whatnot. And I'm um, paraphrasing, but Joe Bouchard said, I've seen a lot worse uh, guys coming down from the NHL. Not exactly a ringing endorsement. Uh, no. Flurry was on the ice for the first three Belleville goals, uh, including a power play goal by the Senators. He was on the ice for the first three Belleville goals. Uh, how, what's that do for his confidence? Does it, is it build his confidence? Um, and the issue is that that uh, watched him last night. He did all the things that you never see him do 
uh, in the NHL. He was doing these solo efforts, skating from his own zone, uh, you know, right up to the, the, the Belleville blue line before he, he, he lost the puck. He's not learning things there. The play there is, is sloppy. Um, it's slower. Um, it's, it's, it's more physical, um, but he's not learning things. And, and certainly if last night was any indication, wasn't building any confidence. And when Cale Fleury was asked, um, uh, you know, about his, he said all the right pre-programmed canned things, all the things that he was supposed to say, except one. And he said, you know what? This is less of a step back than being a healthy scratch in Montreal. Less of a, a step back than being a healthy scratch. So in his mind, it was a step back uh, in yeah. his development. Um, so positive? I, I don't think so. This, this, again, this may not have to do with being the best for a player's development because if the Canadians were realistic and, 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 and uh, acknowledging that they're not going to make the playoffs, uh, they would be playing the young guys and giving them valuable very valuable experience. Um, I've, I've said before, and, and like in, in Kotkaniemi's case, uh, as a forward, 13 minutes um, in the NHL is far more valuable than 18 minutes in the AHL uh, because of the, the kind of hockey you play and, the, and what you're going to learn. Um, but this, this seems to be more about, or, or, or maybe it's not solely about, but, but this seems to be, um, influenced by marketing, uh, by marketing. Uh, this is, this is the Canadians organization saying, okay, we acknowledge that we're not making the playoffs. Uh, we're not going to say it right now. We're not going to, we're not going <laughs> to dash hopes. We're not going to say it right now, but there's still a chance for the, um, uh, Laval rocket to make the playoffs. They're kind of on the cusp uh, they're 18th in the AHL right now, fifth in the North. They're, they're currently out of a, a playoff spot. They, they have one win in their last five. Their only win came in overtime. Uh, they lost their last three games to end January. So sending Flurry, sending Kotkaniemi, uh, we want to have, by the end of the year, we want to have some good news. We want to have a positive narrative. Our communications department needs a positive narrative to talk about because we want the – we want fans to forget about the fact that we were supposed to be in the play and we committed to being in the playoffs with the Canadians this year. So uh, they're doing all kinds of things. You know, this is, this is one of them. You see their, their broadcaster talking about fill the building because we have flurry back, fill the building. Uh, we have Kakinami for the first time. Uh, the Laval rocket has been uh, pumping all kinds of special deals. Buy one ticket, get another one free. Uh, they sold a hundred tickets at five dollars uh, hockey for the upper bowl. They sold a hundred tickets at ten dollars. They sold a hundred tickets at fifteen dollars. And last night they had their first sellout in uh, forever. They had ninety nine hundred last night in the building. Um, they lost to to uh, Belleville four three. Um, they had seventeen. Uh, they have forty three shots on goal. Uh, Primo not not a great game. Uh, he gave up four goals on only facing uh, 17 shots. Uh, but it seems like the emphasis is 
playoffs at all costs for the Laval rocket. So we can have something good to talk about. Is that where this is, how this is being driven? I don't know. But um, as far as development, I would rather see flurry. I would rather see um, uh, um, um, paling getting minutes. I'd rather see Kakinyemi uh, getting bigger minutes. I'd rather see Suzuki taking uh, faceoffs, as you said, and giving them all kinds of experience uh, to build for next year. Because. You know, one thing that I'll add to this, too, is that if you want to talk about the sophomore slump, if you want to talk about that being the reason and the the point totals being the reason, well, all you're doing is prolonging the experience in the NHL, the valuable experience that he is going to miss for however long this is. And remember, Renaud Lavoie said it is indeterminate amount of time. Um, This is just prolonging it. So when Jesperi Kotkaniemi comes back, if he plays the rest of the season in Laval, and let's hope that that's not the case, but let's just say for the hypothetical that he does. Well, listen, yes, he may have gained valuable experience in some form by going to the AHL playoffs and playing in those, Uh, you know, that's, that's fine. But when he comes back next season to the NHL, there's experience that he could have gained in the NHL playing on a, even on a non-playoff team that may have been more valuable than even doing that, than even going down to Laval and playing in the Calder Cup playoffs. That's the part of this that I think of as being detrimental to Jesperi Kotkaniemi and his development. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to tee up the uh, matinee game, Super Bowl weekend. We're maybe, maybe even give our picks for the Super Bowl. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net. 
your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. So the Montreal Canadiens, uh, Super Bowl weekend, play their matinee games. As I said, I love these games. Um, so they're playing, excuse me, they're playing against Florida today in about an hour's time. And they're playing against Columbus tomorrow. And as we mentioned, uh, Yasperi Kotkaniemi sent down uh, just a couple of hours ago. He is down for the the near future and uh, who knows how long that'll last. So you won't see it's very cocky playing for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, but Super Bowl weekend, Rick, before we get into the games against the Florida Panthers and the Columbus Blue Jackets, let me just turn our, let's turn our attention to the Super Bowl itself. I want to know as you being a, a Minnesota Vikings fan, a passionate Minnesota Vikings fan, uh-huh. who do you got? for Super Bowl 54, Kansas City, or uh, San Francisco? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure when the game starts, I'll, I'll, I'll side with one team or another. Right now, I'm kind of ambivalent. Uh, yeah. I don't like or hate either team enough uh, to, um, to have a strong opinion. Um, and... Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I, uh, go ahead. You, you, you give your, your, okay. Pick. I, at this point, I, I just don't feel strongly enough uh, about one team or the other. So I I'm going with Kansas city. And the reason that I'm going with Kansas city, obviously Patrick Mahomes phenomenal run there the other week against, uh, against the Tennessee Titans. But beyond that, my hope for the Kansas city chiefs, is largely rooted in Andy Reid. And that is because, well, number one, <laughs> well, number one, myself and Andy Reid, we share a birthday, March 19th. Uh, he is, we, we share a birthday. So that's, that's number one. Number two. You don't have the same Andy waistline. Andy Reid. We don't have the same waistline. That is correct. And I love how Andy Reid, by the way, gets to the Super Bowl, has a cheeseburger, goes to bed. He, that's an actual thing that he said. <laughs> that, that's how we celebrated it. I, I appreciate that honesty. But number two. I mean, for all the years, and uh, I know uh, Amy Johnson might not like what I'm about to say, but all the years he spent in Philadelphia coaching the Eagles, just, oh, man, that poor that poor guy. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't have a Super Bowl. I would like to see Andy Reid get a Super Bowl, and uh, I hope that Amy Johnson uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't threaten to kill me on Twitter now that I said that. But, uh, <laughs> but Andy Reid, I would love to see him get a Super Bowl. I'd love to see Kansas City. Up. I, it's kind of weird for me to say that because as a Blue Jays fan, Kansas City, a couple of 2015, they were the enemy. But Kansas City, I would like to see them uh, win this, this time around. Rick, has, have I said anything? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sort of, you're you're kind of okay. triggering me here now. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, now, you know, some might think that, that I'd be um, uh, pushed towards the 49ers because they had eliminated the, the Vikings, and I could say that, that uh, you know, the Super Bowl champions eliminated my Vikings. And, and But, no, it's the name Andy Reid. It's the name Andy Reid. <laughs> and, okay, this is kind of, this is kind of a, a, 
a weird um, way through this, but Andy Reid was the mentor of Brad Childress. Brad Childress and Andy Reid were connected at the hip, at the large, yeah. their large hips, for a long, <laughs> long time. Until Brad Childress became the uh, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, a really, really dark period. In the uh, there's been a few of the dark periods, but uh, in my yeah. mind, one of the the darker periods, kind of. 2006 to 2010 in that range um, where we had to accept Brett Favre as a Vikings quarterback, a former Packer uh, being the Vikings quarterback, which was tough, which is really tough, which was really tough. Uh, And, and then it was Childress that waved uh, Randy Moss. uh, If you can imagine that Um, the Vikings uh, fan base is united in despising Brad Childress and and by association, I guess Andy Reid. So maybe maybe I'm getting pushed towards the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and if you look at it that way, I mean, then the Vikings would have lost the eventual champions. That's that's an, a, a nicer spin on your season. Uh, <laughs> Thank but you. yes, it's Super Bowl weekend. It's always it's always a fun time. So. Uh, I thought we'd give our predictions. Uh, granted, I'm not a football guy. Um, my knowledge starts and ends with quarterbacks, and then that's it. Patrick Mahomes might be the only name that I uh, – Tyreek Hill, you know, those guys. But, but other than that, not, not much there. But uh, anyways, hockey is something that I do know about. And <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens playing against the Florida Panthers and the Columbus Blue Jackets, Super Bowl matinee, Super Bowl weekend matinees, always, that's always a good time. And uh, as you mentioned, the uh, Laval Rocket, they will also be in action a little bit later on today uh, when they face the Belleville Senators again. Um, so uh, Jesper Kakinami not expected to be in the lineup, obviously, just the logistics of getting to, you know, going down to Laval and stuff. But Kale Fleury expected, as you mentioned, he played last night, should probably play again, you would hope. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so... Uh, yeah, follow along on Twitter with All Habs, the AHL report for uh, in-game coverage, and certainly the uh, recaps afterwards. Uh, the AHL report does a phenomenal job, as does the AllHabs.net team, at uh, providing all of that information for you, the, uh, the lovely listeners, the lovely readers, uh, consumers of the product. <laughs> and reach so, out to us on social media because yeah. we, we asked, um, uh, as we were coming on the air, we asked... Um, uh, our our fans, our followers, um, uh, is it the right move? Is is it the right move assigning uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi to the Laval Rocket? Uh, we discussed it. Now we want to hear from from you and hear your opinion. We're getting uh, lots of reaction already on the All Habs fan page on Facebook. Uh, go to Facebook, search for All Habs. And uh, you'll you'll find uh, our group there and and uh, the post and and add your um, comments there. Also catch us on Twitter, um, or you can call our uh, Rocket Sports uh, text line. Uh, that's five eight five three Rocket five eight five three Rocket. Text us, um, um, tweet us, uh, go to the Facebook page. Uh, we want to hear from you on your uh, reaction to Jesperi Kotkaniemi, and I'm sure we'll be talking about Kotkaniemi and Flurry and Suzuki and Paling and, and more uh, next week when uh, we're back with you at our regular time next week. Yes. As, yeah, I was about to say, we'll be back next week at our regular time. That's uh, 1 p.m. 
Eastern, 2.30, Newfoundland time. We'll be back with you discussing all things Montreal Canadiens. As you said, follow along on Twitter. You can follow me at JoeWhalen19. You can follow Rick at AllHabs. And you can follow at HabsConnection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week discussing all things Montreal Canadiens. Um, but you can search for Rocket Sports Radio on all your favorite podcast platforms. Until then, uh, to find all the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as from the Press Box, Rocket Sports Radio pr- uh, proud to pr- uh, provide some podcasts produced and hosted by credential journalists. Uh, so you can stay up to date with all of our lovely podcasts. So we'll be back next week, as Rick said, 1 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 Newfoundland time, discussing all things Montreal Canadiens. Enjoy the Super Bowl weekend. Matinees, enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Canadiens Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.